Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. We've been equipped to live in the light, and so we are then, by free choice, to choose to live according to who we actually are, and that is in the life. But this battle does go on and on. It's a daily matter that you've got to contend with. And so that's why it's important to be walking in full surrender to the enabling work of the Spirit of Christ in you. And if you do that, then you know that which is good, that which is right, and that which is true is going to be you know, uh, the outworking of uh, that light shining in the way that you actually live. Think about that. Important words, eh? Good, right, and true. Think about some of the things that you've said last week. Have they been good? Have they been right? Have they been true? And I'm talking about right in terms of God's truth and God's perspective in terms of, you know, viewing the, the, the world. Good there means beneficent. It means living with generosity. It means living with mercy. It means living with kindness. Is that the kind of person that you've been? Because that's who you are by nature. And so that's what should be manifested in your life repeatedly. Right means, yeah, right thinking, right feeling, right acting, which is acceptable to God. Right which is acceptable to God. Very important because... Those in the darkness don't know the difference between right and wrong. It's all relative. It's all very, very confused. The world is a confusing place. But it isn't for us because we have the light. So we understand what is good and we understand what is really right. And then we also know what is true. And there's so many mistruths in the world today. It's difficult to know what is true. So much misinformation. So many lies. But we have the light of life, and so we're able to hold to the reality of truth. And so we manifest this good in our lives, you know, this rightness, this, 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 this truth, because that's the way in which light begins to manifest. In fact, it can manifest in the most simple and the most ordinary of ways. It might be the way you just carry hope and security, and thankfulness in your demeanor, you know, despite circumstances, by, despite everything that's going on in the world and, and in your world, you're still conveying and carrying a sense of hope, a sense of appreciation, a sense of thankfulness. You, you don't, you're not the voice of complaint. You're the voice of praise. You're being thankful to God in everything. Maybe you're just relating with genuine love. Grace, consideration, integrity, and generosity. Maybe you're just speaking words of truth that build up rather than tear down. So many words are spoken these days, particularly on social media, that tear down instead of building up. Never be one of those people because you are light, not darkness. So you speak words that, that build up. You deal with anger through self-control, 
and you exercise the, the power to give. You are humble and gentle and not judgmental because you know that while you are perfect in your standing with God, your perfection is still being worked out. You are all a work in progress. In fact, you're a miracle, a miracle in progress. Each one of you is a little walking miracle and an ongoing miracle and an increasing miracle as God brings forth his transformative work uh, in you. Amen. Philippians 2, verses 13, uh, 12 to 13 says this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I like that last uh, statement in the text. God is in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases you. So a life of light, walking in surrender to the light, if you like, the light of Christ, has inside of it a divine want to, to live in a way that pleases God. It's challenging, isn't it? And if, you don't even feel, if you're not feeling that divine want to, then that might say something in terms of where you're standing uh, let's say in proximity in terms of your connection with Christ. He's certainly there in you and with you. But are you surrendered to him? Is there an intimacy and a closeness of connection in terms of that, uh, of that relationship in such a way that, you know, the life of Christ just spills out of you? <laughs> because that's the resource upon which you are drawing, you know, deep within your spirit. See, God is at work in you. It's God working in you. And you're working with him. And the end result of that is, is you know, words and behaviors and countenances that, that uh, you know, that, that, that please him. And I know it's a, it's a difficult, challenging pathway sometimes. It's, it's a long and slow process. I, you know, again, we're dealing with it every day. We've got to own the darkness, our own darkness in our lives. We've, we've got to confess it. We've got to deal with it. And then we've got to reject it. But it's this natural, supernatural partnership as you work to submit to the work of God's in you. <laughs> it's the way it works. You do it together. And if you live in that surrender, like every day, you, you, you make that recalibration. You make that commitment. You, you consciously make the, the connect with God. Give him your lordship. Then the trajectory of your life becomes different from others who are stuck in their darkness. And as God works in you and as you cooperate with him, then the darkness in you diminishes and Christ's light in you flourishes. You begin to shine. This is what Leonard Ravenhill, great preacher, says. He says, the greatest miracle God can do today is take on an unholy man, uh, take an unholy man out of an unholy world, then put him back into that unholy world and keep him holy in it. Hmm. To be like father, like son. So we know that we are light and we know that uh, we are to live as light and, and a little bit of what that looks like, but... How do we live out that life? Well, that life in terms of purpose. See, the, when you are light and you live by the light, then your life actually becomes repurposed for the good of others. It's very important to understand this. 
Because I think this is the key to really, you know, seeing the life of Christ, you know, worked out in a way which is magnetic and appealing and, and attractive and which will cause your light to shine in the midst of darkness. In verses 9 to 12, Paul says this, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. So, we, I mean, it's all pretty clear, isn't it? We're not to engage in the dark behaviours of the world. But Paul goes a lot further than that. And he says, look, don't even let them be a matter for your conversation. Now, that is probably pretty challenging for most of us. To begin with, he says, look, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And that even concerns your talk. <laughs> it even concerns your talk. And so while it's you know, smart to be able to identify sin, you know, to see it for what it is, to go into the sort of details of what others do, is actually counterproductive. That's what Paul is saying. There's no point in actually going there at all. I mean, for one thing, why give undue publicity anyway to what is shameful? I mean, why, you know, why bring that to the fore? Why, you know, why make something of that? This is where we need to be careful too as Christians, you know, when we, we come together for some concerned prayer for someone, you know, yeah. you know what's going on, you know what's going on in there? You know what's going on in their world, don't you? Well, let me tell you, we better pray for them. Let's pray for them. What else is going on? Really? We better pray about that, too. Let's, 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 let's pray. Hey? Let's pray for these guys. Let's ring up the prayer chain. Let's get, it, let's get it round the prayer chain. That's what we'll do. Look, I joke. I've seen that done. We, you know, we've got to be so very, very careful about how we speak, and in particular, how we speak about others. I mean, why speak of the sins of others when it is far better to sort out your own? That's what Paul is emphasising. Ephesians 4, verse 29, he says, Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You see, your life has been repurposed. It's not about you, it's about others. It's about the good of others. So let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So he's talking about exposing sin there too in the text, but I, I think exposure is not so much about kind of judgment or accusation, uh, but I think just by exposing sin by way of illumination, uh, by the way that you actually live your life. In other words, your light shines in the darkness, and so therefore the contrast becomes very, very evident, which is light and which is, which is dark. In fact, verse 13 says this, but the evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Right. And when you think about it, there's no sharper contrast than light from darkness. It's like night and day. And that's how our lives are meant to be you know, in a world of darkness. Our lives are meant to be completely different. They're meant to be a sharp contrast. That's how uh, the light is manifested. And that's what God actually intends and so it's all about this goodness <laughs> towards others in particular. For when you shift from darkness to life, your life is repurposed. This is it. And this is what we've got to get. It's repurposed from being self-centered for your own good to become other-centered for their good. Essentially, that's it. I know we, 
can look after our own interests. But God says, don't just look after your own interests. You're there to live for him for others. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your heart and your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those two commandments, Jesus said, sum up the entirety of the law. And so we need to be people who, you know, live love. You know, love is to flow out of us. Matthew 5 verse 16 says, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So good deeds, you know, doing things, saying things for the good of others is an inherent characteristic of, of walking in the light of life. John 8 verse 12, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Then in Matthew 5 verse 18, he says, you are the light of the world. Luke 4 verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus speaking. He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. Look, the spirit of the Lord is also on you. Jesus is light. You are light. And so he's anointed you to preach the good news to the poor to set captives released, to make the blind see, to set the, oppre- the, the, the oppressed free. And, and I think this light in real practice is when we go beyond personal convenience. We hate to be inconvenienced. We've all, we tell ourselves we've got such busy lives. We don't like to be interrupted. But if we can get beyond that self-centeredness, if we can get beyond convenience to consider others and intentionally living, doing acts of kindness, ministering the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing salvation, healing, freedom to those who need God's intervention in their lives, then that's how the light's going to shine. Really. And if you surrender to Christ continually, you will want to give to others out of what He has given you. I love this verse. Matthew 5, verses 14 and 15. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that should not be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Isn't it sad that so many Christians are out there in the darkness wearing lampshades? You don't see much difference, do you, really? And yet we're to be as different as light is from dark. You know, there's nothing more conspicuous than a city on a hill. We and I were in Europe a few years back, and we got lost in Nice and France. And we were staying in a place which was on a, in a fortified city built on the top of a hill. Somehow we, we got on the wrong bus. We didn't know where we were, but we weren't headed where we were supposed to be headed and we got off we just got off the bus because we didn't know where we were going and we got out we stood there we're absolutely lost we're like in, at night all you're thinking about is I want to get home and there's our city on the hill and you're looking you're, we're thinking how on earth <laughs> how on earth do we find our way how do we get back up there but that was tremendously appealing because you know there the comfortable bed awaits it. <laughs> the safety, the security. The we need a meal. Next day we're going out for a meal. 
well, we need to have supper now. I'm here on holiday, all right? But it's all there. Safety, comfort, provision, hope, rest. It was an attractive thing. And this is the thing about our lives. If we live our lives in the light, they'll be attractive. For the light makes everything visible. People compare the dark and they see the light and they'll be drawn to the light. That is why it is said, awake sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. Now there's the challenge for the church because the instruction there is don't hide the light. Don't settle for a compromised, complacent walk as if you are unenlightened and you are still living amongst the dead in darkness. Live differently. Live as light. Let your light shine. So that people are drawn to the light. C.S. Lewis said this, sameness is to be found most amongst the most natural man and woman, but not among those who surrender to Christ. How gloriously different are the saints. Can you say that about yourself? Think, you know, in your workplace, are you gloriously different? At work, are you gloriously different? At home, are you gloriously different? I know in church, we're all gloriously different. But this is the thing, you know, Christians can be like chameleons. We change the color of our skin to blend in with our environment. It's, we've got to realize who we are. We are light. And what the instruction is, therefore, live in the light. Because the scripture says, arise, shine. Because darkness covers the earth. Is that true? But the glory of the Lord shines on you. And so we've got to get to this place where we truly live, surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow that light to shine. And that's my desire. You know, one of this is one of the things that I, I say often, I pray often, I read often. Exodus 33, 16, you know, Moses cried. You know, Lord, don't send me anywhere unless your presence goes with me. My God, my God, I want so much of that wherever I go. I want to be able to communicate in some way His love and the power of His reality. I want it to flow out of me in the words that I say, in the deeds that I do, in, 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 you know, not even in natural practice, but in supernatural practice. I want to be able to pray and see people touched by the goodness of God and healed and set free. It's a beautiful thing. And the need is great because the darkness is increasing and there's much more need of the light. And the human heart aches for it, cries out for us. We can't be out there wearing lampshades. We've got to live differently because it's His presence that sets us apart from all the other people in the earth. I was looking at Colossians 1.13 it says this about Jesus that he was the visible image of the invisible God and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking wow so Jesus is the invisible image 
sorry, is the visible image of the invisible God. I have Jesus in me. So therefore, in some way, my life is to communicate the visible presence of the invisible God so that others might know Him. Wow, that's powerfully challenging, isn't it? And wonderfully precious that we should be so privileged to know Him in that way, to be born again of His Spirit and empowered by His Spirit to not only know the way, but to present the way so that others find the way. Amen? And that's what God has called us to do. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.